Well, we thank the Lord for what our brother Christian shared with us earlier this morning. 感谢主为着刚刚陈弟兄跟我们分享的，我们感谢主。The Lord's bringing us into a great fullness under the headship of Christ. 主实在把我们能够带到基督做元首的丰满。And this fullness is to be manifest in our personal lives. 这个丰满能够借着我们个人的生活能够彰显。In our marriages and families. 啊，借着我们的婚姻、我们的家庭。And in church life. 以及教会的生活。This is a high calling. And there's also uh, therefore a cross. So whether we're single or married, or whatever state we're in, we want to glorify the Lord. The wonderful thing about marriage, it provides a very practical lampstand in which People can see Christ. Because one of the great effects of the fall is alienation and separateness. That is, everybody lives separately. And feels alone. When there's a marriage that is being shaped in a union, where two are seen as one, it's a marvelous testimony on this earth to the reality of Jesus and his redemptive work. Now we were given these uh, uh, great questions that people ask regarding marriage. And uh, we sort of, uh, our brother took half the list of principles and half the work, list of practices, and so I have the other half. Now, Christian and I aren't actually married, but I hope this morning we can be one in, uh, in the word that comes forth. Now, under principles, I was given question four and five, which are these. Uh, what is the role of the husband according to God? And what is the role of the wife according to God? So my first remarks will try to answer these two questions. I already have problem with the question. Because this uh, definition of uh, roles uh, is something the world has put into marriage. You can look through the whole Bible, you won't see the role of the husband, the role of the wife. I've got three reasons I don't like this term role. The first we find in 1 Peter chapter 3. Our brother was defining marriage according to the scriptures this morning. 
来来定义这个婚姻的。And here in the New Testament we have a most marvelous、uh, picture. 在新约里头，我们就有一个非常美好的一个图画。In chapter three and verse seven. 在彼得前书三章第七节。You husbands in the same way live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman. And show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. 你们做丈夫的也按行礼和妻子同住，因他比你软弱，与你一同承受生命之恩的，所以要敬重他，这样便叫你们的祷告没有阻碍。Now, when you use the term role, you emphasize、uh, marriage is like a legal contract. 当人们用角色这个名词，就好像把婚姻当做一个法律上的一个呃合约。Now as if there are laws， 好像那里有一个法律。You might as well say what are the laws for a husband? What are the laws for a wife? 那你可能就会说，那关于这个丈夫法律上怎么规定？关于丈呃妻子法律上怎么规定 ？Immediately we're back in the Old Testament。那你马上就好像我们就回到旧约了。Now how about this for the law? 那你就说这个就这个法律立法上怎么说的呢 ？You are co-heirs of the grace of life. 但是这里却说到你们是一同承受生命之恩的。Now you notice grace there. 你知道这里有恩典。This is the first law of marriage. 这其实就是关于婚姻所谓这个律法。Joint heirs 是一个承一同承受生命之恩。Marriage. 所以的确，当然，它没有在婚姻没有律法的。And it all comes from life. This is Zoe, the Greek word for God's life. 是这个生命是希腊字，就是神的生命。Now look at that high calling. 所以是一个从高来高处来的呼召。We mustn't immediately rush to okay. What do I have to do? What does she have to do? 那你我们可能很快就要想到说，我我们应该他怎么做，丈夫怎么做，妻子怎么做。The first thing to do is to step back as our brother did earlier. 所以第一步应该照着刚才弟兄所说的，我们往后退一步。And realize the tremendous mystery in our creation to be man and woman together. 所以其实，在那个男人跟女人在之后背后有一个极大的奥秘，我们是有男人女人的。You notice that Paul, as he sort of defines marriage in Ephesians chapter five. 保罗也在以弗所书第五章第五章那里讲到啊，婚姻，男人与丈夫与妻子。If you look at those verses on marriage in chapter five， 若是我们读第以弗所书第五章 ，you can see the aspects of marriage according to the husband and according to the wife。我们就可以看到看到你丈夫该怎么做，妻子该怎么做。But Paul doesn't call these roles。但是保罗并不是称呼那个说是角色。As if you're play acting。好像我们在扮演一个角色。This is a mystery. 啊，这是一个奥秘。And it's in Christ. 这是在基督里。And it's fulfilled by His grace. 是基督来来完成来来完成这个丰满。And by His life. 是借着他的生命。The second thing I don't like about the word roles. 我第二点原因，我不喜欢角色这个名词。It focuses upon outward expectations. 因为常常让我们的注意力是放在外面的。What can I tell my husband he has to do? 就说我我要告诉我丈夫他应该怎么做。What can I tell my wife she has to do? 我要告诉我的妻子她应该怎么做。Outward expectation. 都是从那个外面的你所预期，人家要怎么做。But marriage has an outward expression. 虽然的确婚姻在外表上有一个显出的。But the basis of them is a deeper relational dynamic. 但是基本上是在很深处的一个。
You understand what I mean? As an example, a wife can berate the fact that her husband is not fulfilling his role. And meanwhile, dismiss the deeper relational issues of forgiveness. This wife can uh, almost uh, justify her nagging irritations. A woman can justify why she's holding her body back from her husband. Because he's not fulfilling his role. You have these outward and shallow standards. Seldom is that the real uh, problem in the marriage. It's because we're sinners. We can't forgive. We can't intimately love. So we find outward excuses. And of course, the third reason that role is a problem. Because it seems to speak of some kind of selfish uh, give and take. That is to say, you do this, I'll do that. Does the Bible define marriage like that? Because it also means, if you don't do this, then I don't do that. Because uh, the world has put this definition on marriage. Now we're justified. She doesn't do this, I don't do that. At the heart of marriage is the cross. He doesn't do that. I still do this. Now that's marriage. So the, the word role is way too outward if we're going to talk about this beautiful thing our brother shared earlier today. As a matter of fact, all of us would say that we know a number of marriages. Who come into some measure of role play. But the inner relationship is not there. Now, do, do we, by any stretch of the imagination, think the Lord is satisfied with that? It's be as if to say the Lord is satisfied with the Church of Ephesus, uh, even though she's left her first love, because she's still preaching and she's still uh, examining apostles. So, marriage 
is not your cross. The gift of God. The purpose is fullness. Marriage provides us an ideal environment for crucifying the lusts of the flesh. And really living in oneness of life. I hope we can lift our vision higher in this way. Now the Bible gives us wonderful pictures of uh, husbands and wives uh, as joint heirs. Just think of, of what our brother shared earlier this morning. There's Genesis 1. And we see this man and this woman mutually empowered to influence the family, the environment, their city, and their town. Isn't that a wonderful picture? A husband and wife, one together, having dominion over the areas of their authority. He's wanting to bring her into a fullness before the Lord. And he is as protective of his wife and cherishing of his wife. Like David, who protected those sheep and was willing to kill a bear and a lion to do it. Now there's a man who loves his wife, who cherishes her, who protects her, and who mounts up to do anything in order to make her be pleasing in the sight of the Lord. Here's a man who expresses his headship by helping his family find wisdom to live a godly life in this fallen world. The children and their challenges of life are met by a man who has wisdom from God and the Word of God. And we heard already about our uh, the woman's asset. The woman's asset of a of a strong heart. You wouldn't think of a marriage without a heart. What a strong heart the woman has. I think you can't define these things uh, stereotypically. 
But a wife has love that endures and endures and endures. She invests that love toward her husband. You see, even when he's unlovely. Well, I'm sorry, men are unlovely. The woman still has the power of agape. To keep the couple together. Even when a man goes through a season of temptation in the world. That's a conquering love. That's a testimony in the family. And this is also that which raises those dear children up from birth right through into adulthood. A husband and wife. A tremendous picture. Of the, of the abounding grace in Christ Jesus。是在耶稣基督里的一个充满的一个恩典。Not just a couple making it through because he's following these rules and she's doing these rules。而不是像世人这样子说，这个丈夫他扮演他的角色，这个妻子扮演他自己角色。That's not the picture, is it？那我们所讲的不是这个。In the picture, in the Bible, the picture is of oneness。在圣经是一个合一。With complementary parts being manifest through that oneness。是借着这两个人，他们各有的一个。so when we look in Ephesians 5, now, okay, the roles are pretty clear, aren't they? I mean, the fact that Paul says, wives, submit to your husband. Now, this is regrettable. Their wives are so fallen. That they're so proud. But they're unwilling to submit to their husband. This goes against their very nature. But women try to do this all the time. It's not even a role. It's the life of God. Jesus and a woman submits to the husband. Period. Oh, that pride that says, well, because he doesn't do this, I'm not going to submit. Listen, in Ephesians 5, right? The, the woman has it easy. Listen to the man. I don't know how many men we have who are willing to love their wives as Christ loved the church. This is unilateral. Even when she's unlovely. Even when we were unlovely. Even when we were enemies. Christ died for us. And a husband's to lay his life down for his wife. These foolish boundaries we have and what a man should do, a woman should do. 
I always hear brought up time and time again all these Chinese cultural barriers stand in the way. Any cultural thing that uh, somehow approves of pride is from the devil. But it isn't just Chinese culture. I just flew back in yesterday morning from Brazil. Believe me, their marriages are just as complicated. And you see the roles. Do we even have to say the difference between the submission and the man giving himself to the wife? And then Paul wraps it all up, says this marriage is a great mystery. Because we're talking about a testimony on earth of the very union of Christ and his bride. So when we define marriage as the Bible season, and am I wrong in saying that, you know, to understand marriage, it takes vision. And the laying hold of the grace of God for His purpose to be seen in us. Now, we're to live by His life. And within that abounding life, there has to be a certain flexibility in the roles, as you're calling it. There should be flexibility in the roles, but not in divine order. Now, I know, I forget what the phrase is, it's here in the notes somewhere, a man's supposed to go out and a woman's supposed to stay in, or something like that, the Chinese say. And I suppose if we take the 200 marriages here in Flushing, there's about 12 families like that. And then in all the rest, we have a whole combination where two people are both working. Maybe the wife is the main provider. Maybe the husband's a, what do you call it, a home mom, what do you call it? Uh, anyway, stays at home, takes care of the kids. Uh, and, and the way things are today, uh, there's uh, health issues that come up, emergency matters, uh, problems, unemployment, or this is no time to say, wait a minute, you have your role, I have mine. 
You see, this is a problem for men. It always has been. That's why Peter has to say, Don't you realize that you have a spiritual hindrance in your prayer life? It's because you're not honoring your wife. You're not standing together in the raising of the children and in, in the testimony of your life. We're joint heirs of the grace of these quote roles uh, are not quite so clear sometimes. But here's something that's clear. It's not a role. It's a divine order. And the husband is the head of the wife. That's what the Lord says. So women don't put on the pants. You're out of bounds. Your husband may be unemployed. You may make a million dollars a year. But you submit to your husband. If you want fullness of life to flow from through your family from heaven. This needs to be clear. The Lord will discipline the rebellious wife. And the Lord will discipline the husband who abdicates his responsibility. Some husbands you almost feel like they just put their arms like this and say, I'm not going to do anything. Now they figure they're going to stay out of trouble. But as soon as you've done this, you're, you're already in trouble. The Lord says none of this. Don't let the wife do the whole thing. This has been the trouble with men down through the testimony of church history. They abdicate their spiritual responsibility. And then the next thing you know, the whole church is out of order. So this whole matter of roles, I hope, is quite clear. Now, uh, uh, here is a question. Where in scriptures can we find parables or examples to give us direction for marriage? Now, I think you know, in scriptures, there's some beautiful little pictures we get regarding marriage. I think you realize when Rebecca married Isaac, and there was a Deep love there. And there was a testimony, wasn't there? And what was that? The man needed motherly love. Rebecca came into Isaac's mother's tent. 
how Isaac was missing his mother. Now, I'm not subscribing to wives mothering their husbands. But I think the scriptures show the beauty of a, of a wife who cares and comforts her husband. Don't think I need to make a case for the fact that when the man is out in that tough world out there, when he gets home, he needs some Rebecca love. Now my wife knows me after 51 years. I just got back from Brazil and I think you can tell I have a little cold. She says, I've got some nice hot soup waiting for you when you get home. <laughs> she knows I need some care. I think Abigail is such a testimony of a good wife. I think every man in this room wanted to marry an Abigail. So gracious. So submissive. To a nasty husband. So shrewd. She covered that man's stupidity. And David, when he saw this woman, I don't know how physically beautiful she was. She, she may not have come close to Bathsheba in looks. But I know, I'm, I'm convinced that David loved Abigail. What a, what a wife. If you're not if you're not married yet, you're a man here, you need to look for an Abigail. Forget Bathsheba. What woman here wouldn't marry a Boaz? Ever seen a man more responsible? Any woman here who finds a man who's responsible has found a golden treasure. A good provider. Listen, I don't know why sin has caused men to be so utterly irresponsible today. You know, my wife's a realtor. And this causes me great pain. 
Because I have to watch realty television shows. So here a couple goes to a house. Now the house needs a nice kitchen, a couple of bathrooms, that's fine. 如果丈夫说,这里有厨房很好,这个有几个房间已经满意了。But here's a 35-year-old man. 但是这里有35岁的一个男人。He says, I need a man cave. A man cave. That means a room where a man has his big TV, and he has pool room, and he has all the stuff men do. 但是这个男人却说,我要一个专门为男人,一个好像自己的这个... 自己的这个这个窝，然后里头有大的房间，有大电视，也可以打打球的。But I can see Richard doesn't have a man cave.没看到我好像没有这样的一个窝。But I also know that Boaz didn't have a man cave.也波斯也好像没有他自己的窝。And so when you look in the Bible, you can see some very precious people who testify of a good husband, a good wife.所以当我们看到圣经，的确有很多美。美好的图画讲到如何一个好的做丈夫的做妻子的。But I would like to challenge you.那我要挑战大家。To realize that these definitions of a good husband and wife.是关于怎么做一个好丈夫,怎么做一个好妻子。It's just an extension of the principles involved in being a good Christian brother or sister.其实,好丈夫,好妻子就是一个怎么做一个好基督徒原则的延伸。the principles of body life are very much the principles of marriage. Uh, whether it's a Romans chapter 12, where the body is described in its various functions, each one serving to the measure of their faith, no one thinking too highly of themselves. See, these are just principles of our life in Christ. There is, of course, the fact that we live in a daily environment with a wife or husband. So if we gather together in the church, and we need to be long-suffering, forgiving, merciful, how much more so in a 24-7 environment? The life of Christ is more necessary in such an environment. And if we uh, live the life of Christ in our home, what a testimony we can see. All around us. Now, as far as practice goes, I was given this question. What happens when we do not fulfill the roles and responsibility that our God ordained? It's asking about fulfilling our roles. Now, 
But as I've already said, marriage goes way beyond rules. Now, what should we do if we do not fulfill the roles that are God ordained? Now, I suppose at the marriage ceremony, we forgot to tell people something. And here it is. You're marrying a saved sinner. And we're going to fall short of God's glorious purpose for us in marriage. It's not what happens when we, if we don't fulfill, we will not fulfill these uh, roles that are God ordained. So in marriage, we're wonderfully dealt with. And it becomes a great means of our sanctification. But only if forgiveness is at the very foundation of a marriage. You know our Lord Jesus emphasized forgiveness so much as to make it almost a basis of a child of the kingdom of God. And even as we come to the Lord multiple times, confessing our sins and receiving forgiveness, and confessing our sins and receiving forgiveness, so our marriages will be continually a forgiveness and a reconciliation, a forgiveness and a reconciliation. Now listen, the enemy wants to divide what God has joined together. The world wants to lure a man away from his marriage. Are we willing to fight for this inheritance? Joint heirs of the grace of life. Now the person asked the question, says these roles and responsibilities which are God ordained. Now God has a lot of wisdom about how the husband and the wife should act in the Bible。I mean, there's a lot of young brothers who turn to the part of the Proverbs chapter 31 and says, Oh, I wish I had a wife like this. But here's the important part. When we make our vows, 
We make them by faith in the Lord God. We make our vows by faith in the Lord God. So today, recently read uh, a minister who refuses to let uh, couples write their own vows. Uh, you know, this is a day when young people write their own vows. And then they make some uh, impossible uh, statements of how they will always love somebody in every situation and never do anything wrong. So this minister said, I'm taking those vows back. Will you love them for better or worse? Healthy or sick? This is something we enter into with our eyes open by faith and we will be faithful. Our marriage will be is God ordained. But we need to be faithful. It's not just called into a God ordained marriage. Called, chosen, faithful. Now there are these mystical notions around today that do a lot of harm. The first mystical notion is there is the right person. Now there is a right person for you to marry and a wrong person for you to marry. But it does you no good to try to speculate whether this person is the exact, the right person as if the only one in the world. Because I'll guarantee you, once you get married, you're going to say, this was the wrong person. <laughs> no, no, but your family prayed, and you prayed. And by faith you say, now this is the right person. And you live that way the rest of your life. Even as you have to do as our brother said and put a blindfold on the rest of your days. Now there's another thing that people go around saying, I, I have a soulmate. So soulmate. There was a whole church out in Seattle, Washington. There were several hundred people. 
But they were full of the Spirit. And they determined that we should find our soulmate. Strange to say, our soulmate turns out not to be our husbands and our wives. I married this woman. That woman's my soulmate. And this does a lot of damage. You know, the husband goes to work and finds a soulmate. It's a deception. Throw that stuff out. And learn how to live with the wrong woman. You as a husband have the power to make her beautiful. And sometimes counsel young people who come before marriage. And I said, you know, when you get married, it's like you've just started a little seedling bonsai plant. If you neglect it, it will die. If you take care of it, prune it, this marriage will be a beautiful Now both Husband and wife are responsible for this co-pruning together. If your husband looks ugly to you, it's your fault. You made him ugly. You're the one who's been chopping him down. Now repent of that. Start nourishing that one. And husbands, do you dare say you've got an ugly wife? You made her ugly. What's the matter with you? Grace is our supply. Love is abounding. Forgiveness is the dynamic of the kingdom of heaven. So now we need to love those who are married. Now, uh, so when, especially when problems come up. And in marriages, problems often do. I would just suggest this. That we go back and rebuild those essential foundations to a marriage. We neglect these basic foundations. And then our marriage gets rough. So here we go. Rebuilding the foundations. A husband and wife need to have a time of prayer together. If you're too proud, Crucify that flesh. And humbly pray together. 
communication starts when you've stopped praying together. 如果你们一起来一起祷告了，你们中间那个男主就会就会拆拆拆掉中间的那一段隔断的墙。It Anger cannot remain past sunset. Let not your uh, the sun come down on your wrath. The Bible says that. So if you're going to be angry, and at times we get angry, fine. But don't sin. Let it go. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Not seven times. Seventy times. Seven. Don't let the uh, sun go down on your wrath. Don't forget what we learned from Jesus. Love communicates. So when you're having an argument, you take a little time before you can sit down and talk about it. But you need to talk about it. And then I just say, of course I've already said that forgiveness is the basis of our relationship. Actually the blood of Jesus is the basis of our relationship. But the one more first thing I'd say about this is we cannot neglect the relational, the emotional love side of marriage. The spending time with one another. Caring for your spouse. Giving your body to your spouse. Even when they don't measure up. The Lord honors that. I, I, I know that, of course, Sarah has her, has her crowns up in heaven for the way she forgave Abraham. And so this needs to be part of our life. Alright, well, uh, there we go. I'll do one more question because I've run out of time myself here. Uh, Well, I, yeah, let me attempt, you know, I, we got our numbers mixed up, and I also got the Mahjong question. And knowing nothing about the game, I'm glad that my Mahjong champion over here spoke about this matter. What do you do? 
Already in this question, I, I guess I should read the question. My husband smokes every day and has a mahjong addiction. 我我我的先生，他有抽烟的习惯，他也上瘾打麻将。I was very upset. 我非常的沮丧。And church brothers and my husband in fellowship asking him to change, but a few months later, I have not seen him change. What should I do? 啊，弟兄们也都跟他有交通了，但是过了几个月，我的丈夫没有改变，我怎么办呢？ Thank God for the body of Christ. That brothers could talk to our brother. A man may be a Christian, of course, and yet be ensnared by some sin. Thank God brothers can go and talk to him. And in this, I think the wife took a very good step. But here again, it's important when something is wrong in our marriage and we can sense it, that we examine ourselves. Is there some reason the husband isn't staying at home? Is the environment perhaps driving him away? I think we need to examine ourselves in these ways. And that's why I say just looking at the outward thing may not really be the issue. Maybe the husband has given up on this wife. She's just too stubborn, too tough to deal with. And especially too self-righteous. Let's look at Sarah for a moment. Just these verses we all know in 1 Peter 3. Verses 1 and 2. Here is how a wife wins a husband. In the same way you wives be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. 你们做妻子的要顺服自己的丈夫，这样若有不信从道理的丈夫，他们虽然不听道，也可以因妻子的品性被感化过来，这这是因看见你们有贞洁的品性和敬畏的心。Love looks beyond the smoking and the gambling habits and sees a man that the Lord wants to sanctify. 不要看外面的啊抽烟或者啊赌博。Testimony is that many men have been won over by such prayerful, patient, long-suffering wives. It's so important that the wife maintain her Christian testimony of love. 
And to do this, of course, she needs to take the cross. So, Let me tell you a little personal story. I think most of you know when I married my wife, I was not a Christian. And her parents prayed about what to do regarding myself. And they decided to forgive me. And to embrace me. And for the first few months of our marriage, we actually lived in my in-law's house. We were going to school. Now one thing I did was smoked cigarettes. Two packs a day. And I smoked in their house. And my mother-in-law was allergic to smoke. And they never said a thing. They witnessed to me. They loved me. They gave me an extra portion of every meal. And they bore the cross. To witness to me. And so it's no surprise that one year of that is all it took for me to get saved. They got down on their knees. Before they invited me into their house, they said, Lord, this is very difficult. But we believe that you can work this situation together for good. And so help us to show the love of Christ. Now, sometimes the trouble in the Christian church is that women who progress in sanctification, become tired of their husband's carnality, and they give up. I don't think this is something a wife should ever do. Isn't it wonderful that Abraham was won back by Sarah's life? Dear sister, you have a very precious uh, power there. Your love for your husband. By the grace of God, helps many husbands move towards sanctification. I think that's all we really have time for. And we need to pray.